our loved ones are always watching out for us on the other side. You have to pay attention, um, especially around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. The love that we share with our people and our pets are things that will connect us always, and all of them will be waiting for us on the other side. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. Our guest today is Rob Gutro. He communicates with pets in the afterlife. Rob Gutro believes dogs, cats and horses and some birds have the intelligence and ability to send signs to the living after they pass. Since he was a child, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. Rob is an author, paranormal investigator and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Rob Gutro, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm so excited about all the topics we can discuss today in the time frame, but I'd love first to dive into pets and the afterlife. And how did you first communicate with animals in spirit sure well that um that stems all the way back to when i was a teenager and i had an experience with my grandfather who appeared to me when uh when i was 13 and that gave me um that was really my first experience and it, it gave me the understanding that i could communicate with people on the other side um it was very frightening by the way <laughs> um, but over time in 2005, I had adopted a puppy, and tragically, that puppy was killed by a car when his leash opened, and he awakened the abilities, or reawakened my abilities to communicate with people on the other side, but he also awakened the ability for me to communicate with pets on the other side, and I recognized all of the signs that he gave, and I, I made a journal of all of those, and that became the basis of my first book. So what are some of the signs that you received? So pets, like people, um, do things that they used to do in the physical world. So, for instance, you may hear your pets walking across the floor in the kitchen, going to their favorite area where their bowl used to be. Um, you may hear a, a a bark if you had a dog or a meow if you had a cat that sounds like it's coming from another room, but it's actually in the same room. Um, other things that pets will do, uh, cats, for instance, like to jump up on beds. Um, and they like to walk across the end of the bed. Or uh, I've communicated with some cats who like to curl up on the pillow of their pet parent their pet parent's pillow and then play with their hair and the pet parent has pet parents have confirmed that their cats will do that um dogs sometimes that are, are allowed to sleep in the beds with the pet parent can be felt uh, leaning against the pet parent at night um and you may feel them as a uh, slight pressure you may feel them as a tingling on your back or your legs or you may feel them as a coolness and, and there's a scientific reason why we feel cold spots when we're in the presence of a ghost or a spirit. Have you ever encountered a, a ghost, an earthbound ghost, or a spirit who's crossed over? I have. Which one? 
earthbound ghost or or spirit so well, i designate i'd love you to define the difference for me and for the audience sure um so as a medium and a paranormal investigator uh when i was writing my first book i, w- I was struggling to identify what was earthbound versus what had what had crossed over so earthbound means that i define earthbound entities as ghosts I define those who have crossed over into the light on the other side, if you will, heaven, Valhalla, wherever you want to call it, as a spirit. And there's a difference between the two. So in terms of ghosts, what happens when we pass away, our consciousness and our memories and our personality merges with energy. Because we have energies that are coursing through us. And that energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed according to the law of conservation of energy. So what happens? As an energy with a consciousness, we choose to either cross over into the light or stay here in a fixed location that we are familiar with. Either a place we died, a place we grew up, um, or a place we visited that we liked. So those are ghosts. Earthbound entities are ghosts. And as ghosts, they um, they really have made a bad choice because only people who are sensitive can communicate with them. Otherwise, they're just trapped in an earthbound location where they can't be heard. Spirits, on the other hand, can communicate with us anywhere, anytime, any place in the world. But ghosts can only communicate with you where they chose to stay. Would you define? I mean, would you define ghosts or spirits as and ghosts as negative, and spirits as more as a, of a positive energy? Yeah, that's a that's a great observation. Yes, I would. Um, so it's all about energy. So that energy, when it when it stays earthbound as a ghost, it becomes a negative emotional energy. Spirits are a positive emotional energy. They also use physical energies to get strong enough to communicate. So by that, I mean heat, light, water, and electricity are things that they use to empower them. Um, so if, if you go to a haunted town, for instance, you may notice that it's near a, a body of water. Any towns that have rivers or streams or lakes or, or by the ocean are, tend, tend to be more haunted than other towns. Um, what happens with a ghost, because it's a, uh, an entity of negative emotional energy, if you have a ghost in your house, it emits negative emotional energy. So it causes discourse in your house. So it causes living people to start being short-tempered and argue and... Um, be more irritable with each other. That's why it's not good to live with a ghost. <laughs> you should cross them over or have a paranormal team cross them over. Like like yourself. Um, I mean, it sounds scary. Is it scary working with earthbound ghosts? Um, it can be because they're, you know, it's like living with an invisible roommate. <laughs> you don't... You have to be kind to them and and you have to be compassionate because they they're, they're stuck. They made a bad choice and they're, they're stuck where they are. And as a paranormal investigator, it's up to us to help them realize 
this is a bad choice. You need to cross over into the light and become a spirit. Join your loved ones on the other side. So and, sorry, that's Andrew, what we have to sorry. do. And it's how, all about marketing. <laughs> for those, <laughs> that, that, as you mentioned, for those people that may feel that they have a ghost in their house or in a certain environment, how do you, how, how, what do they do? How do they help them cross over? Or how do you help them cross over? It's been a learning experience for me. <laughs> so, um, so back in 2010, when I published my first book, I gave a, a lecture at Inspired Ghost Tracking, uh, a group in Maryland of paranormal investigators, Maryland in the U.S., and uh, they asked me to join the group as a medium. So I did. Um, back then, I was what you'd call a medium rare because I was <laughs> developing my abilities. Um, but over time, uh, I, I learned a lot from them. And what we do to cross ghosts over are um, we, it takes a number of people to do it because we have to combine our emotional energies. Uh, and we have to focus on, for instance, if we go into a, a, a home that's haunted, we have to greet the ghost. We have to find out more information about them. And then we sometimes will link our, their emotional energy with someone on the other side. And we'll, we'll use that person in spirit to convince them to cross over. Um, we, we concentrate on opening a doorway to the other side. And then we bring in their their relative from the other side and have them cross over that way. Um, it's usually takes about a good hour to do that, and uh, you really have to let somebody know that you are there to help them. It, it's like meeting a complete stranger and try to convince them to buy a car. <laughs> You know, um, you have to let them know that you're actually there to help them and you have good intention. And and could, do you do this in person or can you do it remotely? I can do it remotely with others. Um, it takes, again, it takes a bunch of people to combine their energies. But mostly we like to do it in person um, because when you're in the presence of, of them, uh, it makes a bigger difference. Would you mind sharing with the audience some of your most memorable ghost cleansing stories? <laughs> sure. Um, one um, one particular story that's in my in my book called Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking is a case that I call the case of the burned ghost. Um, in that particular case, we were called into a home to investigate some crazy things that were happening. And... Um, it was a it was a married couple, a man and a woman, with two children, two small children. Um, they had a dog that had passed over recently, so they thought the dog was uh, was one of the visitors. But there was a dark shadow figure in their bedroom that they couldn't explain. So we came in, and we were uh, we were able to discern that one of the entities in the home was in fact the dog who was visiting in spirit. Dog had crossed over. And we did that by bringing in my dog, my living dog. Um, she was a wine runner. Her name was Dolly. We brought her in and we asked her where she wanted to go after we let her go. We let her off leash. So what she had done was 
she ran up the stairs of the home and she ran into the first bedroom on the right-hand side and she sat staring at the bed. We asked the homeowner if that meant anything in terms of their dog passed. And they said, yes. They said their dog passed would come in from the outside and run up the stairs and go into that room, which was the son's room, because the dog was bonded to the son. So we knew that Dolly was following dog and spirit to do the same exact thing. So we solved that mystery that one of the entities was the dog. Now, while we were there, it was only the husband of the family that was there. When, uh, when the wife came home, suddenly there was another entity. And that was the darker entity. That was the earthbound ghost. There was an earthbound ghost that had attached itself to the, uh, the wife. Myself and another medium um, named Troy were there. And suddenly um, we both felt hot. Um, he started sweating. I felt like my my uh, head was on fire, and suddenly I saw a uh, an image of an earring, a gold earring melted in the ear of a woman. And when we asked the, the the wife if that meant anything, she said yes. She said that she worked at a burn unit of a hospital, and in the last week or two weeks, a woman was brought in, a young woman was brought in that was caught in an explosion of a car. And she distinctly remembers this woman, this young girl, because her earrings were melted into her ears. It's, it's very frightening. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a horrible vision. Um, what I learned by communicating with this ghost, one once I, I gave her that image, she called the hospital, she got the woman's name, and we were able to communicate with this earthbound ghost and find out that she, when she died in the hospital, she attached herself to this nurse who was taking care of her and came home with her, thinking that the nurse could help her cross over. Um, but the nurse didn't know what was going on. The nurse wasn't aware of, of that she hadn't you know, crossed over uh, and and what was going on. Um, in the weeks before we got there, this ghost was trying to notify the homeowner that she needed help crossing over, but she couldn't figure it out because she wasn't sensitive. So we, long story short, we were able to do that. We, we were able to uh, open a light to the other side, call her by name, address her by name, and um, connect her to a grandparent that had already passed and help her cross over. It's pretty, it was pretty amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Gosh, I've got so many questions. My brain's just going crazy. Sure. But <laughs> how, you know, whether we're walking in the street or at our workplace or meeting people, we can, I'm assuming we can pick up certain energies. How do mm -hmm. we, how do we, oh, certainly for you and your, field of work how how do we protect ourselves um to stop any attachments coming home with us sure that i mean that's a that's a a, a good question and a, and a real concern um well usually before we go into paranormal investigations we um envision ourselves protected by a 
like a, a white light, like an aura of white light. Um, there are other things that you can do too. Um, there are different stones that there are different minerals that will help um, like quartz will help generate positive energy, but it's really about being positive. Um, it's really about being emotionally optimistic. Um, those are because optimistic people and people who are more um, content with themselves will not attract negative entities. They won't attract ghosts. People who tend to be depressed, um, who are more angry or unhappy with themselves, they radiate negative emotional energy. And that's what attracts ghosts. But I will tell you that 99% of us do not ever get a ghostly attachment. So we really don't have anything to worry about. Attachments are very rare because ghosts will only attach themselves to someone if they think you can help them cross over. It's just such a fascinating topic. Just on a side note, this is just a interesting question. Um, so you've spoken about ghosts that have died in their physical body mm -hmm. and attachment through through for someone that's living who hasn't crossed over through malicious intent, can they uh, place a sort of negative entity or attachment on another person through their thoughts? They can't. In my experience, no, they can't mm -hmm. make a, a an entity a, attach themselves to somebody. Um, but their their negative thoughts do have an impact on our lives. So for instance, um, I, I will uh, share that when um, when my, my mom was at the end of her life and she had dementia, she was very negative. If you, if you work with somebody who's very negative, if you know somebody in your family who's very negative in, the, in their lives, just um, in a very bad way, that can wear you down. That can wear your emotional um, being down. Um, so you have to remember to take care of yourself and surround yourself with people who um, are positive, who accept you, are reinforced uh, that they care about you, and, and distance yourself from the negative people, if you can. If you can. And for those that have not not I'm not even talking about me but for those that may be listening that have a negative family member or someone mm -hmm. in their life that they can't necessarily physically disassociate themselves with what's your advice so my advice would be to uh to give yourself distance um when you can you know uh, be as cordial as you can with with negative family members you know or, uh, especially around holidays we always <laughs> wind up being Put together with family members uh, from the extended family and some of them don't agree with us whether it's about social issues or politics or whatever um you know limit your time with them uh, and then afterward do something to make yourself feel good so after a paranormal investigation when we deal with negative energy we always have we our team always has a piece of chocolate because chocolate raises your endorphin levels and it increases your positive energy. So that's one thing you can do. Buy some food or eat some food that make you feel makes you feel better. What an interesting profession when people say, what do you do? And you say, I'm a ghostbuster, basically. <laughs> right. do, do, you, do you enjoy the work that you do? 
I do, especially because it brings it, it brings peace for an earthbound ghost when you cross them over. It brings peace for living families that no longer have to deal with an entity. And I also do readings for people who lost pets. That's one of the things that I do. And um, the, the notes that I get from people um, when I do their readings are just so wonderful because I brought comfort to people um, with from pets who share things that I would have no idea um, just by looking at their picture, knowing their name, and, and connecting with them. And I, and I can share some examples of that with you, too. Sure, that'd be great. I just want to ask a big congratulations on your books. And just firstly, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Um, people can connect with me on my website, which is uh, robgutrow.com. And if you can't spell my name, you can go to petspirits.com. <laughs> it goes to the same place. <laughs> um, all of my books are on Amazon, and um, they're in, in paperback and ebook. And I have 10 of them. I have three series. I have my Pets in the Afterlife series. I have a Ghosts on a Medium's Vacation series, where I've gone on vacation and encountered a lot of ghosts. And I have another series called Ghosts or Spirits. So talk about the Earthbound and those who've crossed over. Fantastic. So I, I'd love to hear some you to share some of your stories about pets in the afterlife, if if you don't mind. Sure. On yeah. a positive I, note. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I I decided that although I work with people at, I, and I also work with pets, I decided really to focus my attention on pets in the afterlife because they're all about love. And, you know, people have a lot of hangups. <laughs> and um, reading people sometimes can be extremely um, difficult and draining. But when I read a pet, it's all about love. It's It's amazing. So... One of the stories in my Pets in the Afterlife 4 book, which just came out this year, um, it's messages from cats and spirit, messages from spirit cats. I connected with this one cat named Buddy. Now, Buddy's mom uh, sent me Buddy's picture and his name and said that she, she had just a few questions and she said, anything else Buddy wants to tell me? So... I gave her the reading, and I do all my readings by email, so I type them up so that when the pet parent gets them, they have they have them to look back on. Um, I, and I, it's a, it takes a lot of concentration for me to listen to a pet, so I can't talk to a person and listen to their pet at the same time. So email is much easier for me. So the thing that stood out about Buddy's reading is that he said the word mala, M-A-L-A. And now I don't know what that, I didn't know what that word meant. And I, I just thought to myself, I'm typing this out and I thought, oh, she's going to think I'm crazy. I, I don't know what that word means. If it is a word, I know that the word mal in Spanish means bad, but I didn't know what mala meant. So Ingrid, who was Buddy's uh, mom, wrote me back and she said um, that she understood everything that that Buddy said, and she said the one thing that really stood out the most was the word mala. And she said, there are only two living beings that know that word in my life, me and Buddy. Because every morning when I get up, I bring Buddy into my room and I do a meditation called the mala meditation. And she says, nobody on earth knows that except for Buddy. 
So, but it was acknowledging that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> it gives um, me chills every time oh, I tell that story. Oh, that's so lovely. So, Rob, you also say that uh, anyone has the capability to connect with loved ones, whether it's pets or people in the afterlife. Yes. How how, how can one do this? So we really just have to trust our feelings. Um, you know, sometimes we, we call it intuition. Um or, or just just a feeling that someone is around. It's really about being observant, if you will. Um, spirits will come and, and give us signs that they're around, usually around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. And they do that because those are the times that as living people, we acknowledge them or we want to be around them. We want to wish them a happy birthday or, or something like that. Um, they will do it a number of ways. Some uh, some spirits will use coins. Have you ever found coins? You're thinking of someone or coins with a year of someone's passing or birth? Um, no, I haven't, but I've found other things that are significant, like feathers or certain feelings. <laughs> okay, so feathers are uh, another way that spirits will communicate. So what other things have you found? Um, I've also, uh, my mother passed a few years ago. So one day I actually smelt her. Just she's loved, she loved aromatherapy. So I, I, the smell was just, I just knew it was her. That's absolutely another way that, that spirits will communicate is through scent. And, um, and it could be a person, uh, like a, a perfume or a cigar or, or an aftershave or something like that, or their favorite flower that you may smell. That, that lets you know that they're around. Um, in one case, um, a, a, a woman had uh, conveyed that her dog used to love to go in her pond in the backyard and come in, and he would always smell like a wet dog. And she said after he passed, it was around the time of his birthday, she smelled wet dog smell in her house. So she knew that he was visiting. <laughs> Adult, I mean, pets are amazing. You're right. They're so much less complicated than humans do you think the grief of losing a loved one hinders us from receiving signs or communication with the afterlife? I do. Um, I've I found that uh, grief acts as a block to the our, to their signs, um, and it's not until we work through our grief and accept their loss that we're able to start receiving signs. Um, so the reason I wrote my books is to teach people all the different ways that pets can communicate or people can, can communicate. Um, and we really just have to accept their passing. You know, we're all here for a, a limited time. Um, and one of the things that is most difficult about losing a pet, um, for those of us that don't have human children, they are our children. And um, I, I always tell people that we raise our pets in the same way that we raise human children. We, we take them to school. We teach them to go to uh, the bathroom outside. Um, we, you know, sometimes we dress them up. We teach them to play well with others. We, we take them to the doctor. Um, uh, we take them to obedience school. Um, and I always, tell, I always tell people when during my lectures that the only difference between a human child and a pet child is that pets won't leave the house, marry someone you don't like, and not talk to you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh. So so that's why it's really difficult for us, because 
pets only live between 10 and 12 years or 10 and 15 years. And, and when they pass, it is emotionally devastating. Um, and frankly, I have had several people connect with me via email that have told me they had suicidal thoughts. Um, and the last thing a pet wants is for us to suffer like that. They want us to understand that they are, they live their lives. They are still very much around us and they want us to live a full life and adopt another pet because we have love to give. And I, I'm assuming they also understand it's not like they're being replaced. Absolutely. <clears throat> they, they know that. Um, I will tell you though, that I've done some readings for pets where they, some have said that they want us to adopt a dog or a cat of the opposite sex because they wanted to be the only boy or the only girl <laughs> and they want to be their own you know their individual self there in the family i know my puppy she does get jealous so <laughs> oh they definitely get jealous um <laughs> it was a dog that i had read for um his name was poopy actually <laughs> and he came through and he said that he his favorite toy was a yellow squeaky bone and he did not want the other dog in the house to ever play with that that's adorable <laughs> and, the, and the dad his dad name was john confirmed that 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 he was very very uh um covetous of that that yellow squeaky bone so they never gave it to the other dog that's so sweet. Animals are the best, aren't they? <laughs> they are. <laughs> with all your communication with the afterlife, whatever form, what do you think happens when we die, when we transition from our physical body? And where do we go? That's two questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I can only talk from my experience. So um, because of that law of conservation of energy that I mentioned, um, the energy, the physical energy is within us couple with that those memories those personality and the knowledge that we have um so think about to, for, to think about the physical energies we have if you think about how we measure um brain waves and thoughts they're little electrical impulses and those are those can actually scientifically be measured we have cells splitting all the time in our system our bodies we have blood pumping so forth so that's the energy and when the physical body dies that energy moves out of us with those memories. And when we're there, that's when we make that choice to stay earthbound or cross over. And usually when, when the physical body dies, there's usually somebody there for us in spirit. Um, I've done a lot of readings where another dog or cat will be there waiting for a dog or cat who's just passed. Um, and with people, um, there are often people that are waiting. Um, when my mother was <clears throat> about to pass in 2013, she was in a, a coma. And um, when I went into the hospital, uh, she had had a stroke. Um, suddenly, my dad, who had passed five years before, walked into the room, and he was holding my mother's favorite dog, Poodle, named Gigi. Um, and my dad said tell your mom that I'm here and Gigi is here. And so I did. <clears throat> I mean, my dad could have told her, but he wanted me to tell her that I, that I was acknowledging his presence. And, and then he said um, that 
she she wants everybody to leave the room and she will pass on her own. She had been in a coma for like four days. So I managed to convince my brothers um, and their wives to leave the room and go home that night because they were there 24 hours. And my mother passed within five hours. She, and my dad used to joke all the time that, you know, it, my mother's, my mother lived for her dog. <laughs> my father was just there. <laughs> my mother would always say that her favorite child was the dog in front of myself and my two brothers. <laughs> so that made perfect sense to me that as soon as she knew that, that Gigi was waiting, she was, she would go over. That, that's that, that's really lovely. So do you actually, I'm talking in my humanness form here, do you see ghosts or spirits with your physical eyes? Uh, normally I do not. Okay. Uh, it's it's very rare that I do. Um, usually they they appear to me in my mind. So they it's telepathic. They, they show me what they look like. And when I'm on paranormal investigations, I will take a book with me and I will actually sketch them out. And for for those people who want to read my books, you will see all of my sketches in these books. And um, there have been, in a couple of cases, I've, I've found photographs of the actual person that I was sketching. Um, I did an investigation in a an historic um, uh, an historic place in in Ellicott City, Maryland, in the U.S. And there was a man that that was a preacher and he kept coming to me and he, he was earthbound, he was a ghost. Um, and when I made the sketch and I showed the person, the uh, the person that was managing the facility, they said, I know exactly who that is. And they grabbed a book from a history book of the, of the uh, structure. It used to be a church as it turned out. And they showed me his photograph and his photograph matched with what I drew. And that's in the book. Um, so, although I can't see them really uh, visibly, I do see them in my head. Thanks, Rob. One last question for you. For those that are listening, well, I guess we're all going to transition at some point. Mm -hmm. How do we ensure, as it's preferable, well, for me anyway, that we cross over and not stay earthbound? Um, well, um, it's really, it's really just following, um, following the light. When when we when we all cross over, we get the opportunity to see that light, and we have to just we have to go to it. There's no reason for us to stay behind on Earth. No good can come of it. Um, and and I always tell people that when uh, those who stay behind as Earthbound ghosts do so. It's really like being in a living hell, if you will, because if you think about it, you're stuck in one place. You can't communicate with anybody living unless you're lucky enough for a sensitive person to walk in. Um, you can't can't communicate with anybody for eternity. So it's like being in an isolation or in a prison. And that is just not good. <laughs> um the other thing too is that I find that a lot of people who are very devout in in their religious beliefs will stay behind because they fear what's on the other side. And what I've learned is that there is nothing to fear on the other side. 
The other side is all of forgiveness and peace and acceptance. So no matter how terrible you may have uh, you may have been in life or how bad you um, there's nothing but acceptance and love on the other side. Now I have learned that there are different levels on the other side. So people who people who have committed crimes on purpose and have done things to hurt others or murderers and so forth, they will if they transition, they cross over. They're on what's known as the lowest level, of the other side, and they wait there until they can get forgiveness if they can ever get for what they've done. But and they develop an awareness of what they've done was wrong. Um, but for the most part. People who cross over usually go to the second or third level. Sorry. How many levels are there? But I found that there are three. But I know in the um, in the Japanese culture there are there are considered more than that. I think there are seven um, in Japanese culture, and every culture has different understandings of what's on the other side. And you know, we'll never know until we get there. Mm. <laughs> but, exactly. But, <laughs> I do not want to go beyond the lower level. That's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I also feel from all my um, interviews with near-death experiences, it's really based on your perception of reality and your influences and your beliefs. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, all of those things come into play. Mm. Rob, I've loved, yeah. loved talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Um, sure. I'd, I'd like to uh, to just let everybody know that um, our loved ones are always watching out for us on the other side. You have to pay attention, um, especially around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. Um, the love that we share with our people and our pets are things that will connect us always, and all of them will be waiting for us on the other side. So that's something to, to look forward to. Beautiful way to end the show, Rob. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you. I have to thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please don't forget to subscribe to Passion Harvest.